Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Today, as we continue our study on the seven spirits of God, we move up the list to the spirit of understanding and the church in the book of Revelation that we have correlated to the study of this spirit is the church in Pergamos. In Revelations chapter 2, verse 12, we read, To the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he, which hath the sharp sword with two edges, which is a description of Jesus, the sword with two edges being the word of God. He says, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Yet thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you in that place where Satan dwelleth. But I do have a few things against thee, because that thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, save he that receiveth it. This is very interesting, because this church had let in counterfeits of the spirit of understanding they had a wrong understanding they were following false doctrines too specifically or named in it but i would say that without the spirit of understanding you would be subject to all manner of doctrines of demons of course the two mentioned are the doctrines of balaam and the nicolaitans the doctrine of balaam was a doctrine that taught that it was okay to sin he said you put a stumbling block Before my children, the children of Israel were in right standing, walking in righteousness and obedience to the teachings and commandments. But Balaam came in and taught them that it was okay to sin, that they wouldn't lose their right standing or their protection, which of course was a lie meant to destroy them and cause them to fall before the enemies of God. And the doctrine of the Nicolaitans was a doctrine of control and manipulation. They lorded over their congregation and didn't allow them to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and seek the Lord individually. They told them everything that they had to do and believe. They were very controlling and in essence made themselves the source of salvation as opposed to pointing people towards an individual relationship with the king. They began to twist the doctrines to fit their logic and thinking and characteristics and to benefit their egos and agendas. I find it very interesting that it says to those who overcome these false doctrines, Jesus will give to them to eat the hidden manna and will show them things that no one else knows. The doctrine of Christ is laid out in scripture. It is simple and it is plain, but for those who are not tainted, 
by these other things, these counterfeits, these doctrines of demons, these twistings and manipulations and changes and alterations. In the simple gospel, he says, if you stand true to the truth, then I will reveal hidden things to you. He'll take you deeper. He'll give you more understanding. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul gives a warning to the pastor Timothy and the early church. He says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. They will be seduced by spirits. Spirits. They will be enticed to follow the leading of their pride and their lust and their agendas and what seems easy and pleasing and what gives them attention. But it won't be the simple truth of the gospel of Jesus. They will begin to speak things that they learned through their experience that contradicts the word. Which, of course, will end up being hypocritical because while they put all of these heavy weights and teachings and concepts and ideas and commandments on the people, they themselves can't even live by them. Because in actuality, it's really more about having people in submission to them and not for the love of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. You see, love is the only true motivation that will cause you to commit with endurance. Therefore, any commandment that is not based on love for God, first and foremost, and love for others, second, is not one that is given by the Holy Spirit, nor is it one that any man can walk in with commitment. Jesus said that the fulfillment of everything ever spoken by the true prophets of God or the laws and commandments of God come down to the Shema, what it looks like to love God with your whole heart, mind, and strength, and to love others more than yourself. And if this is the case, then you yourself will demonstrate it more than you demand it. There will be no hypocrisy. You will lead by example because that you yourself understand this. In the next letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, he tells him this, Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. In other words, keep Preaching the simple message of Jesus, the work of the evangelist. Preach about the blood. Tell them what Jesus did. Show them that there was need for redemption and how he paid the price for their sin. Fix their eyes on Jesus and their need for him and his Holy Spirit. Turn their eyes away from you and from men and from attention-seeking vain glory manifestations of the flesh. Because as the days grow shorter, as that Antichrist spirit presses in, he will seduce men with flatteries and vain glories and cause them to walk in false doctrines 
and those who have not put to death the fruits of the flesh will fall for this and begin to reproduce those fruits themselves through their own ministries. Because again, my friend, I exhort you to understand this, that the fruit is the reproduction of the tree. It's what holds the seed, the word that is being released. So I tell you this, that discernment is to know the fruits of God's spirit. Make foolproof of your ministry. All right, so we understood that the spirit of knowledge was our discernment. And so we have to ask ourselves, what exactly is the difference? The reading of the word gives you knowledge or discernment between right and wrong. That can then lead you to repentance. But once you are truly born again of the spirit, then you will have the eyes of your understanding opened. That's where we are now. The spirit of understanding is different than the spirit of knowledge. Knowledge is something picked up. But if you don't understand the knowledge you have been given, then it leaves you very limited. Therefore, do you then begin to seek the Lord for understanding? In this season, you will need to be patient and wait on him. Let him take you through some things. Let him open up the word. Follow his lead. Take time to seek. Wait, he will begin to reveal to you and cause you to see more clearly. And then once you begin to understand the spiritual things that you are seeing, it's not just words in a book anymore. Your eyes have been opened and you are beginning to see things very differently than you did before. You're beginning to understand things. Then he will bring you in to a place of wisdom where you know how to apply the spiritual things to the physical world around you to cause them to affect your fellow man. But let's not move too far ahead into wisdom. Let's look a little bit more at the spirit of understanding in Proverbs chapter four, verse seven. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. Nicodemus was a teacher and a priest of Israel. He was a man with a lot of knowledge. He had read a lot of scripture. He even had godly counsel. But he lacked understanding. So he came to Jesus with questions. He said to Jesus that he knew that he was a teacher sent from God, but that he did not understand his doctrine. This is very key because that even though he was a priest and a teacher himself, he was willing to humble himself and ask. And he was also willing to listen to be corrected, to be taught, to change his viewpoints, even when it conflicted with his own doctrine and traditions. He was a teachable teacher. In John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So to get the spirit of understanding, to truly comprehend the doctrine of Jesus, 
You have to do what Jesus told Nicodemus to do. You have to be willing to be born again. My friend, preach being born again by faith in the resurrected Jesus as the fulfillment of the Holy Scriptures unto redemption through his shed blood, death to the old man, the sin nature, that evil spirit that dwelled within the unsaved fallen man through death with Jesus by faith and baptism and resurrection through the receiving of his Holy Spirit. Being born again as a new man, a new creature in Christ, a new creation. In this, do you then have new eyes that are opened just like a newborn baby to see for the first time these spiritual things so very differently and so more clearly than you ever did before. You now at this point, having done this, can be made to understand spiritual things that one who has not experienced this transition cannot comprehend. My friend, do not debate doctrine with a person that's not saved. The eyes of their understanding have not yet been opened. They have no way to understand what you have spoken. Just give them the simple truth, the gospel message. Don't take them into the hidden manas. That's for the more mature children. The Bible talks about when a person is born again, being on the milk and then taking them later into the meat. Well, I'm talking about even before that, when they cannot even see. They don't understand the things you speak. Just tell them about Jesus. Tell them about hell and their need to be saved from it. Tell them that he came to make a way to pay the penalty of their sin and give them a place in his eternal kingdom. In Luke chapter 24, verse 12, we read this account of men who had the eyes of their understanding opened. This, my friend, is a very supernatural thing. You cannot comprehend it. It comes by way of grace and grace only. God himself does this. It is a birthing experience. It is a transformation, a change. They are brought into a realm that they did not understand before. And you can't make this happen with logic. Or by controlling them. This was the sin of the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. That they were trying to make things happen by their control. By telling people what to do. And causing the people to have their faith in them. And not in Jesus. Only God can open the eyes of our understanding. It's like planting a seed. Yes, we all have parts to play in the work of the kingdom. God might call you to till the ground. God might call you to put the seed down or speak that truth. And that seed has to stay in the dark and die for a season. But only God can transform it. Can make it come to life. Can cause it to germinate to be changed into something different. Only by his grace can a man be born again. It's not by the words that you say to them. It's not by the laying on of hands. It's not by them coming to your prayer meeting or your conference. It's by faith in Jesus and asking him to send his spirit to pour the rain of his presence on them. By asking Jesus himself to come in and sup with you. To have communion, to reveal his word and truth in you. In Luke chapter 24, verse 12, we read this account. Starting at the resurrection of Jesus, it says, Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld that the linen clothes laid there by themselves, so that then he departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, 
which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlong. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they were communed together and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near to them and went unto them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. My friend, there are many walking in blind religion, hearing the words of Jesus, but they do not comprehend them. They don't have a personal revelation of him. They don't understand his doctrine. It's not alive. It's not real. It's not personable to them because the eyes of their understanding have not yet been opened. And it says, And Jesus said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another, as you walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and has not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty in deed and word unto God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done." You see, they knew of Jesus and they thought within themselves that perhaps he even was the one to redeem them. They knew he was a prophet and a great man of God. But there was still some questioning and some doubt in them. They didn't have full faith in who he really was. But wait a minute, God was working on them. It says, Yea, and certain women also of our community made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher, and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not." Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? In other words, he was expounding to them the reality that the things that they had experienced that were so saddening to them, if they truly believed, were actually a fulfillment of scriptural prophecy. It says, and then he began at Moses, going through all of the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And he drew nigh unto the village. This is amazing. He is explaining to them through the scriptures, through history, through all of the messianic prophecies and showing them how this Jesus, this Christ truly was the fulfillment of the prophecy of the coming Messiah. They thought that he might be a prophet who could redeem them. So their eyes are not yet opened, but now he's beginning to show them in the scripture, the truth doctrine. He's beginning to show them that Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that had been prophesied. He was the word made flesh. Everything spoken of God from the beginning to this moment was manifested in him. And he's starting to show them this in scripture. The word 
is beginning to kill their doubts and stir their faith. It says, And they drew nigh unto the village, rather they went. And he made as though he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward the evening, and the day is forspent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass that as he sat at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. When they invited him in to fellowship and commune with them, and he began to break the bread, it says, Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight, and they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? You see, my friend, it's not until you invite Jesus in that the eyes of your understanding will be opened. Yes, it is the preaching of the gospel. Yes, it is the scripture that gives us that discernment. It is godly counsel that instructs us, but it's not until we make that decision to invite him in to dwell and fellowship and commune with us that our eyes are opened and we begin to see things so very differently. The word becomes alive. It becomes flesh. It becomes a person. It becomes Jesus. These men were born again because that they put their faith in the fact that the crucified and risen Christ was actually the Messiah, the Son of the living God, prophesied from the beginning of creation. So my friend, preach on how to be born again. This is a spiritual thing, a transformation, a change, something that cannot be done by man, but only done by faith. Preach the death of the old man, that old unclean spirit, and the receiving of God's Holy Spirit unto regeneration. Preach the power to overcome sin, death, hell, and the grave. Preach faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus unto grace and redemption. Preach a new beginning. All things passed away. Behold, all things, all things in an instant made new. Preach the doctrine of Jesus and the releasing of the Spirit of truth to you ask and receive it ask it of him not of men or of priests ask it of the Lord God Almighty in the name of Jesus then walk in the power of it demonstrating it for those whose eyes have not yet been opened to the truth my friends you are the demonstration that in an instant God changed you that nothing is ever the same for the man or woman who has received his grace through faith in who and what he really is. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, we read this, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, I ceased not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. And of revelation, which is understanding. It's a revelation. It's an instant knowing that you can't explain. It is your spiritual eyes being opened and God's grace imparting unto you an understanding of this new spiritual world that you have just been brought into. That things are different. 
than you ever knew. That there is so much more in store as you start this journey to pursue the Lord. It says that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. It's this knowing in your heart that you were made for more. It's this understanding that there is a home coming, not made with hands, a city whose maker is the Lord. That there is a purpose in eternity beyond what we can see right here in the temporary. That this world is not our home and there is more. And that we have a king on the throne. He says that God may give to you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory in his inheritance are to the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us ward who believe according to the workings of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places for above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all revelation is given the spirit of understanding to those who have placed their faith in Christ Jesus his death burial and resurrection the inheritance that is given which is his holy spirit kingship sonship priesthood all of it revelation is opened up to you when your faith is in him and who he is and who you can become in him when you are born again my friend you want the spirit of understanding in your church preach the gifts preach the promises Teach them to talk and to pray. Teach them to war in the spirit and to test and not to trust everything that comes to them. Preach about their spiritual inheritance, that they are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that they are priests in a heavenly kingdom under the order of Melchizedek. Preach to them the power to overcome and walk in righteousness. Preach about their spiritual inheritance that they have just been born into and that there is an enemy that now hates them because of it and will resist. But yet can they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony? Because though there will be trial and tribulation and opposition in this world he tells us with all assurity to rejoice because that he has already overcome it O lord impart to us a spirit of understanding a revelation of who you really are in us in hebrews chapter 10 verse 32 we read this but call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated 
you endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and by afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used. My friend, when you step into this new world with eyes open and you see the war that is going on around you and the great deception that those who still walk in darkness are walking in, you will become a target for the enemy, for you have just become the enemy of the enemy of God and the fight just got real, my friend, but God will not leave you unequipped. He will fill you with his spirit and he will begin to give you wisdom or strategy or skill for the fight that you are in. But we'll talk about that more in the next lesson. Right now, I want to still talk to the minister who has just seen one transition all the way from the fear of the Lord to this place of understanding, being born again, having their eyes opened, just beginning to see the truth that we must then take time to explain to them that the world is very different than what they believed of it before they experienced this great salvation, this born again experience. The Bible, my friend, is real and there is a war on in the heavenlies and you need the fullness of the Holy Spirit in order to be equipped for it. But yet... We do win this war in the end and inherit great glory if we stay on the right side of it. So pray for discernment, for patience, for all the virtues of God and fruits of the Spirit. Preach to them about the Holy Spirit and their need for it. This is what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about. He said that the spirit, the kingdom of heaven, was like the wind, the ruach, moving through the trees. You can see how it affects things, though you don't see it. It doesn't matter if you don't know where it came from or where it's going. You don't need to know the full picture. You just need to know your part in it. Lord, give me understanding for the moment. I am not so arrogant to assume that I can even comprehend the scope of what you are doing. But I pray for revelation for how you want to move me in the moment. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 6 we read this, We are of God, and he that knoweth God heareth us, while he that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby know we both the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit, and the spirit of error. There is another spirit out there, my friend. In fact, we are born into the sin of being led by this evil spirit, the spirit of error. But when we are born again, born of the spirit, when we receive God's holy spirit within us, it's the spirit of truth and it begins to reveal truth to us and bring this revelation, opening the eyes of our understanding up and making things very different than we thought because we believed a lot of lies pride, traditions, and deceptions. But the truth of God brings life and life more abundant. In John chapter 16, verse 13, he continues to tell us about this Holy Spirit. It says that when this spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear. 
that shall he speak and he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. My friend, those that speak by the power of the spirit of truth to lead you into the truth, the Holy Spirit of God will not speak of themselves. They will not bring glory upon themselves. They will always direct everything to Jesus. They will preach Jesus. They will speak of Jesus. They will cause you to have faith in Jesus and follow his leading, not them. If it's about them, if they receive the attention, if you have to come to them to get your deliverance, it's another spirit. Are they turning your faith to Jesus or to them? Question. He says, test the spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will bring you to the truth and it will convict you. It will be death to your flesh and you will not like it. But when he shows you something, don't close your eyes to it. Remember, it's a war. He's showing you for a reason and ignoring it is very dangerous. This is why you then need a great deal of wisdom. Because while revelation is amazing, knowing how to apply the spiritual things that you are seeing to the physical world around you so that it becomes practical and applicable is very important. Which leads us to our next lesson on the spirit of wisdom. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.